All right, guys, this is the last week available to register for the giveaway we are having. You can find that information on a abiteofdnd.com as well as the description down below. Thank you. back to another bite of D&D podcast where we take chunks of content and flavor it for your games and campaigns. I am Micah and sitting across from me is my co-host Zach. Hello. And with us we have our guest speaker Reese. Hey guys. Um, so today what we kind of wanted to go over was professions in your campaigns uh, and kind of how to utilize them a little bit more. So what exactly are we kind of talking about with professions Zach? Well professions are what your character was doing uh, pre-class, and perhaps what they will continue to do into their class. It's typically a skill and typically something by which you can earn a little money. The key here, though, is that in 5th edition, they went away from what Pathfinder and 3.5 and things like that, the, the earlier editions were doing, which is to say this is a skill just like any other. And the problem with that mindset is that it's easy to turn that into an element of power for your character, where you're trying to pick this profession that gives your character just that slight added boost in the right spot, whether that's, oh, I'm a sailor so that I can have benefits because I know we're going to be in a campaign next to the sea or whatever. Making it a standard skill like that um, almost encourages it to be man- manipulated more for the mechanic side of things and less for the story. Well, and I remember, because I started in Pathfinder, I remember pretty much everyone would almost coordinate their professions. Uh, Well, I'm taking weaponsmith, so we can get weapons for for half price. Uh, Do we have anyone who can take armorsmith and and we'll do the same for him? Like, it it was tied in directly with a very real material benefit. Now, Reese, I know you kind of came in on the tail end of Pathfinder getting into 5th edition. What has been your experience, or have you had an experience yet with professions? Professions were not really heavily stressed at all in our game for Pathfinder. The gaming side of it is a little uh, obtuse for me. I, I don't I don't like gaming, the, the meta side of it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very much more interested in the profession side for who your character is, their personality, the RP side of it. Absolutely. And I think that's where the backgrounds came in for 5th edition. I think that they kind of looked at those and said, this is a great way that's already telling where your characters came from, so maybe we can use that. I know certain backgrounds, for instance, the Outlander has uh, professions built into them, or at least profession options. I think they have options like Forester and Trapper and things like that, that that kind of give your background added flavor and and definitely encourage this idea of a profession it also fleshes out your history a bit more and it kind of gives you a partial reason for becoming what you are now so a lot of times that profession it does help you become that class that you're planning on being obviously if you're a trapper or a forester it makes a whole lot of sense that you become a ranger or something like that i think that that's a natural transition as far as that goes backgrounds however are in general a a good tool 
for just the role play element in general. And I would consider or encourage DMs to maybe add backgrounds and professions to their villains and their other NPCs um, that they're kind of creating. Because I think it does, by, by taking that step back, and I'm kind of using backgrounds or professions interchangeably, but I think that by adding them, it, it kind of makes you build up that character a little bit more in your mind that might have been more one-dimensional at the start. Well, and I think it's important to set aside maybe the, well, what goes with this class sort of mentality when it comes to backgrounds. I often see people take things that would be an obvious choice for whatever they're doing. So they take Acolyte if they're going to be a a cleric, or they take Charlatan if they're going to be a rogue. Uh, Sage for a wizard. Yeah, stuff like that. And and while it does make sense, um, I think you can find some very interesting characters if you if you explore that a little bit more because what they were before doesn't have to dictate what they become and this was a fairly recent example for me but i i think one of the most interesting characters i had made recently was a charlatan cleric he kind of ran a racket he he sold useless junk as if it was a rare magical objects and stuff and when he got caught he obviously was terrified for his life. He was definitely going to be killed. He was tied up with the mob and all this other stuff. And when lightning crashed into his carriage, freedom, he decided, you know what? I need to turn my life around. I'm going to be a cleric. But he was never religious. He has no idea what he's doing. And so he he kind of prays to all the different gods he knows of that have to do with storms. And he's this very seedy, I'm pretending to be a cleric type person. And I, I think it leaves some opportunities open to the DM to kind of figure out that that is, but it also plays a very heavy role in how I play that character. He still gets the itch to pull one over on people, it is very manipulative in how he handles his situations, but he still tries to do what he thinks is the correct thing as far as respecting the gods go. Reese, as a new DM and someone who has helped his family uh, kind of build their character, several members of your family, have you guys gravitated towards that more? The, the the background and the class need to kind of line up, or have you found yourself exploring maybe some weirder combinations there? We have pretty much explored both ways. It's gone both ways. Gotcha. Um, my wife went very, very standard with her class and, and background choice, uh-huh. whereas each one of my kids went completely the opposite, hmm. um, which I found very interesting, and I think it makes for a better character. Uh, when you go, you know, Acolyte Cleric, for instance, it's just like every other, you know, cleric that you've ever seen in D&D, where you get the interesting backgrounds, like like you were talking about before. Um, I think that's where you get interest, interesting interactions in throughout your campaign, and it presents the opportunity for... Why does our paladin know how to pick a lock? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so, going back to some of those earlier editions, um, there was this idea of using this as a power element within a character. And a lot of times, like Michael was saying, you would have characters that would pick Weaponsmith or, or an Armorer just because it gave this added benefit. And even though some of those things have gone away and that you don't have these hard set benefits for a profession in 5th edition, how do you encourage your players to to think outside the box as far as what what should I be looking for in this background and in a profession even maybe added on to that or as part of the background? How do you encourage your players to get creative when it comes to this part of their character? It's more of a just um, as far as like what your profession was before. What job did you have? You know, who were you before you were a hero, like you were saying? 
what kind of temperament do you have? Do you keep that temperament with you when you make decisions now? Yeah. Um, can you lean on something if you're stranded in the wild and need to trap something? Do you, mm -hmm. Can you find food? Can you forest? Do you know where you're around? Um, just little things that will make you stay true to your character. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and then another thing that uh, I have found to be a really interesting way to do things is something that Mike is doing in a current campaign in that he has done a session zero. And the idea with the session zero is you don't come if you can help it. If you, if you can manage it, you come without an idea of what class you're going to play and you go, you pick a background and, and, and you build your backstory around that background, which I think profession inherently takes the place of class when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's a really great way. Even I know that it's going to be really hard for the players. It's always hard for me to not be thinking ahead about like, but what is this guy going to do next week or whenever we actually get to play as a class? But if you can get your players to start by saying no, who is he now? Um, I think that that session zero can sometimes help facilitate that. Yeah, my idea with that, I mean, there's several people. It's not a new idea or anything, but I, I really like the concept of it just because... One, they aren't important yet. Uh, most games, they start as, you know, level one adventurers. You are already something in the world. You, you are already important in some way. Um, and I think this really kind of pulls that back to the roots of who you really are. Because when you start as that, it's easy to go, well, I'm the fighter. I'm the wizard. I'm, I'm whatever the class you picked is. And this forces you to go, well, who who is my character actually? Like, what is it that I care about? What is it that I am living for day to day? Well, it's like a lot of times when, when you get a party for the first time to the table, as people going around making introductions, they're like, oh, I'm the cleric. I'm going to be the healer. So yeah. I'll take care of you. And like exactly. their whole identity as a character is that I am going to heal the party, which is maybe an element, but maybe it shouldn't be the only element. Yeah, it, it's like we work at a, a kind of a, a print shop thing, and I don't say, hey... I make shirts. Yeah. Like, that's not how I introduce myself to people. So I think it, it's a good way for people to get more invested in their characters. And my hope is that based on their experiences there, that they will pick a class kind of based on how things worked out for them. Um, like Zach said, that's, that's hard for people to do. I know uh, some of them have made like a spectrum of classes that may work for their character depending on how things work out. And I think that's pretty cool. I, mean, I Ultimately, I'm not worried if people want to know what they want to play. But I think it's a more interesting way to get to learn who your character is. I think if needed, if you want to kind of encourage that diversity, uh, especially with professions and backgrounds, you can offer boons of some sort, small ones, um, to players who really go that extra mile to, to do more than just grab the first the first background that they see that pops up that makes any sort of sense and then the first four, you know, the ideal, the personality, the trait, and the flaw that, that's like, oh, that's the first one there, 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 and there, so that's fine and we'll go. That fits exactly within what I was planning to do. Sounds great. All yeah. right. Now I can forget about this part of my character for the rest of the game. Yeah. I think it comes in as the difference between playing your character and playing your class. Um playing your class is basically just trying to maximize the amount of damage you can do or the situations you can exploit within the campaign. Give you the, the widest skill set useful to your character so exactly. you, you pick the background that has this, this, and this. And Okay, cool. I, I think the other side of that is, at least for me, the more attractive side is to 
come up with an interesting character that is going to be true to life kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, like, who actually is this person before he starts doing all of these things? Uh, that, to me, is the more fun aspect of D&D. Absolutely. And, and kind of going along with that, we, we dug up a list of like a hundred different additional fantasy jobs for characters. Um, just It's something that you can easily add in that fits along with a lot of those other classes. And as far as um, how it affects them, things like that, I think there's some surprisingly interesting choices on here. What are some of your favorites that you that pop out of you? Well, some, some of the ones that I marked, um, I liked Brewer just because in several games I've enjoyed playing the, the rambunctious drunken character. It's always fun. You get to talk a lot and make decisions that cause people to roll their eyes. So I, I like the idea of a brewer maybe being able to supply some of that to people. Um, I, I actually like Carriage Driver just because they've been around, they've seen a lot of the world. Maybe they have some connections in some towns and stuff because they, they're back and forth all the time. Maybe they're familiar with the guards at the the gates and stuff, um, but they they've been around. They've seen they've seen a lot of the countryside. But the one that I really liked uh, was Rope Maker, just because there are plenty of situations where you need rope, uh, either to climb a cliff, tie someone up, whatever. And I really like the idea of some pretentious rope maker who one either al- already has the rope out. He's like, oh no, this is a definitely a rope situation. I got it, or. He judges people based on the type of rope they use. Uh, oh, you that a hempen rope? Okay, well, not my choice, but whatever, whatever you're you're going for there. So I, I like the idea of a pretentious rope maker for some reason. I don't know. Reese, anything you see that kind of jumps out at you? There's a bunch of it's a it's a big list. There's a bunch of them on here that are fun. Um, I like the idea of a gardener. Honestly, yeah. it's something that you know somebody who's used to growing something to working for it. Yeah, um, and and Gardner doesn't. I mean, uh, maybe there's some loose ties to Ranger, but it doesn't really. You don't put it with a class exactly. right out yes. the gate. You could you could do anything with it. You could go Ranger. You could go Cleric and Healer. You could go whatever. Well, I think it's an interesting kind of balance to something like a, a Barbarian who are known for going Berserk, but they like flowers. Absolutely. Yeah, Floris is on there just as a side note, and I thought I thought that that was a really interesting choice. I mean, there's a lot of like symbolism within flowers in general, and I think that that could be a cool thing to explore as a profession. Is like if this character that you know has the right flower for every omen that they want to portend, for instance. Now, any others that kind of stand I like, up? I like the jester, the jester and fool. Oh yeah, is is a great. Entertainment. I've one. I've got a, a player in my current game who really wanted to be a court jester, yeah. uh, and it, it's not on you know the more of the normal list of things. And I'm like, there there are plenty of ways I am happy to work that Absolutely. in. He's exactly the type of person that would make a great you know jester. Anyway, he's super charismatic, a lot of energy, so I thought that'd be really fun. So, yeah, I, I agree. I like that one. As we're kind of wrapping this up, I do want to kind of steer it in a different direction for just a minute and talk about your, the role of the DM when it comes to professions. Because I do think that it's important that if you if if you or your, or your players have the creativity to put that into their character, to make it a meaningful meaningful part of their backstory, of their current story, things like that, I think that it, it is... A responsibility of sorts for you to then find ways, creative ways to implement those professions into your game. 
I, I think for those who uh, were here for one of our other guest episodes, one where we had Sam, where he was talking about playing with large groups and you, how you need to keep have something to keep everyone engaged, it's similar to having the, the door available for them to kick down, the, the cat in there for them to pet. If they are into gardening or something like that, if they go to the Wizard's Tower, mention the garden they have out front growing their special ingredients and stuff they use uh, for for study and things like that. Uh, add in those small things so they can go, oh, that's interesting. I want to, to check that out and give them some opportunities to, to explore that and interact with NPCs on things like that. Yeah, and, and characters should... I mean, you are building the world for your players, and I think that it's important to note that the player who is the gardener is going to inherently his eyes are going to be drawn towards the gardens that are in the world. So as a designer of the world, you need to make sure that if there is a garden there, you know about it because that's something that you need to tell him is there because he would see it. And if you don't tell him that it's there, he doesn't necessarily know to look for it unless you want a character, a player who every time they go into a, a house or into a city, they're like, do I see a garden? Do I see a garden? And that, and that's similar to, to what I was going to say. I, I was about to mention that I, I think a lot of players are a little bit nervous about speaking up and asking about things all the time. They feel like they're, they're being a nuisance or being a hassle for the DM when they're like, is this, is this there? Is this something I can, I can do? And by providing that opportunity, uh, it's also a good way to get people who maybe aren't usually comfortable jumping into the spotlight. They let other people to take the lead to give them an opportunity to say, yes, I want to do something with this. Well, and, it, and it's it's something to note. It, incorporating these into your campaign does not have to be any significant event in your campaign. For sure. Just the the mention of something, the nod to the gardener, yeah, um, is going to get their attention and make them feel more involved in the campaign itself, more alive in that world. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be the whole arc of your your main story is tied to the element of a gardener. Maybe it is. That that could be really cool. But but just adding that little bit of flavor is going to keep their attention going. I mean, like you maybe your, your gardener decided to become a, a wizard and they accidentally set all of the vegetables, brought them to life, and now you've got monstrous vegetables running around eating people. You could easily make that oh, yeah, as part sure. of an adventure. But, I mean, just by having something there for them to care about is really yes. all you need. You just need to mention, hey... I know this is important to you. I made sure it was important to me as well. Uh, if you're ha- if you think if you're thinking to yourself as I am sometimes, like I have a hard time keeping track of all my players' names, <laughs> let us let alone you know their class and everything else. Uh, one thing that I have found to be pretty helpful is if you can get yourself some little note cards and put put your players' names, their classes, and pertinent information like professions and backgrounds on those note cards have them right behind your dm screen it's really accessible you're going to glance at it maybe just once per session but just even that just that once maybe keeps the fact that he's a gardener in your mind and it keeps you from overlooking that because if you go you know eight or ten sessions in not only you but that player is going to forget that they ever chose to be a gardener. And that's what you don't want. You want them to remember who their character is. And this isn't to say every single time you go somewhere you need to have a giant list of, here's the garden, this guy is drinking a beer, uh, that guy doesn't know how to use a rope properly. You know, you don't have to include something for every profession every time. You're, go- you're going to pull your hair out and you're it's going to slog everything it's going to be the worst yeah. actually yeah but but <laughs> oh, we're just saying throw it in every once in a while make sure you at least 
are acknowledging throughout the game that these things exist to give them opportunities. It just makes your players feel like they're important. Yes. It's that, that they're not just along for the ride, especially with, you know, in a larger group. Think people will get lost in a larger group. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to our episode. Thanks again, Reese, for uh, joining us. Be sure to check out the episode uh, where we sit down with Reese for a, a longer period and kind of chat with him about the experience of running a game for his kids, especially his five-year-old, which uh, has really taken to the game in a big way. I think that's really cool. So thanks again for stopping by. Thanks a lot, guys. Yep. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Have a good one. See ya.